Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast, a show all for women about living your best life and fulfilling your passions from the backcountry to the table. No matter where you are, what hurdles you faced, or where you want to go next, we're right here on this journey with you. It's time to take charge, pave your way, and create success. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am to sit down right now and edit out this podcast because this is something I haven't done before and it's a pretty unique take on throwing together this podcast. There are several different interviews that you'll hear here and it's actually, uh, we were sitting around the campfire after my ladies weekend in July um, here on the property and we were just all talking about our stories and how we got into hunting and what our drive is for it what our experiences have been and where we want to go with it and it's really cool because over the course of this podcast you're going to get to hear a whole lot of different beginnings and different middles and I'm really excited to share this with you because I know for sure that no matter if you have hunted your whole entire life or you're just getting into it or you're just getting back into it or you're trying something new, I know that there's a little piece of this that's going to resonate with everybody. So dive in. I hope that you love it and I hope that you can connect with one of these ladies' stories. I will give you a fair bit of warning. This episode does have some background noise as far as the campfire, some other kind of white noises around as we kind of move about, and we're holding a mobile mic. So these ladies did awesome. I kind of threw the idea at them last minute, and they rolled with it. So it is definitely worth listening to, but again, there will be some noises that you hear in the background. I also want to let you know and invite you, if you are not already, to join the Women of WA. This is a little project that's going on to help bring more information, tips, tactics, strategies, ideas, uh, and information to women who want to better their health and their fitness, uh, whether that's you know regarding going on hunts this fall or just general overall fitness. You can sign up for the Women of WA in my Instagram. There is a link called Women of WA. Um, you can also message me directly for that link, but I highly suggest that you get involved. You get these emails that are coming to you weekly and you get all of the content that we're sending out. So whether you want some new workouts, some nutrition tips, you want to figure out how to manage muscle or what supplements to be using, we cover a little bit of, of everything. You can find that link in my Instagram. Uh, it is the Women of WA. You can also message me or find it in the show notes. And Wilderness Athlete has also extended a discount to all of the listeners here of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. You can use the code Women of WA, all in caps, to get a discount at checkout. And here we go with the show. Are we live now? We're live now. Oh. Does it, is it reading numbers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's my about your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, my name is Christine. I go by Chris, but often go by KK. Um, so, you know, choose and pick as you will. I go by it all. I go by other various names, too, but I won't say that right now. Um, I was born and raised in a hunting family. But um, rather than my dad arming me, I was like his, I don't know, executive assistant, for lack of a better way to say that. Um, I would go out with him. I'd help him field dress, get it back home, hang it in the garage, and do all that. And it was just, it wasn't a big deal at all. Um, grew up shooting a recurve. I think I had a bow in my hand at 
at like five and I shot till I was probably about 12. I don't remember ever being very good. I don't remember getting any medals or anything. That was more of my brother's thing. Um, my parents would soon divorce after that. So all of that type of recreation kind of went at the wayside. You know, families separate, people grow apart. Um, met my husband relatively young. I was 19, married by 22, started having kids by 25. Raised them and, um, you know, a couple years ago, my son for his 18th birthday was given one of my dad's bows by my dad. And um, he's like, oh, this is awesome. I don't know how to shoot it. And he just looked at me and I'm like, well, I don't have a bow, <laughs> right? I'm taking yours. <laughs> exactly. So um, we head over to Bass Pro Shops and I'm like, you know, I need a bow. I'm left eye dominant, but I'm right handed. So that was a whole journey in of itself. Long story short, um, my husband had never been hunting ever. He's not directional. He's not a survivalist. He's a great <laughs> law enforcement officer. <laughs> um, but uh, this is totally new to him. So trying to take what little bits and pieces that I remember, um, just, you know, having that knowledge from my dad and whatever, and um, just applying what, you know, I've learned from following people like Courtney and things like that, just trying to piece everything um, together and make some sense of it all. Got him a bow, taught him how to shoot. And um, so we've been hunting now. This will be our third season. Um, so we're in California. I failed to mention that. And um, it's very hard to deer hunt in California. We don't have a very high population. And topple that with the fact that we really don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Um, so we have never quote unquote officially seen anything out there. I have not had any close calls. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, had a run with a mountain lion. Um, that's about as close as I got. Um, you didn't get that one. What was that? Too bad you didn't get that uh, one. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But if you shoot a mountain lion in California, well, yeah, yeah, we, 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 we don't even <clears throat> discuss that. Yeah. Um, however, um, this year when we were turkey hunting, We've, we've had access to this property and we were given some advice that it's, it's just so easy. You just get out there and they're everywhere and whatever. And if you can't get a bird here, then you're the worst hunters ever. Yeah, and it's been three years and we've never harvested anything. So I guess we're the worst hunters ever. However, this year we got out there early and I had a shotgun. We didn't have our bows and um, we crested over this one hill and my husband was doing a couple calls. And these toms just came trotting in. And um, they were after some hens that were set up just like decoys. It was picture perfect. And for whatever reason, this calm just came over me. And I was like, this is really going to happen. And um, so I just, I kind of did the belly crawl and got into position. And I just took the gun off safety. And I just took a deep breath in. And I just, just just waited for the right opportunity and squeezed the trigger and it was down. It happened. And I was like, is this really happening? So anyway, um, so yeah, so I, I got my first harvest and um, my husband soon after got his the next weekend after. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a great season so far. So I'm hoping with everything that we've learned doing all the wrong things will help us do all the right things this year. And my husband's drawn a great tag this year. Um, archery only up in the Siskiyous on the side of California and um, we're hoping for the best and preparing for it so awesome. Yay. 
So one thing that I really love about Christine's story is that they, you know, like she said, they don't know what they're doing. They didn't really grow up being that involved. Although she was a part of the hunt, she was always kind of on the back burner, so to speak. So now that they're getting to have these experience firsthand, they get to learn through trial and error, which in my opinion is much how you learn exactly how to hunt. Let's dive into the next story. So my name is Sarah Lawrence. Um, I am from Camas, Washington, just recently moved to Goldendale, and I did not grow up in a hunting family at all. Um, nobody in my family hunts. My husband doesn't hunt, um, but I have a best friend from when we were very young, and her family hunts, so her dad is like my second dad and her brother, and they like live and breathe hunting, and so they had always told me, just go get your hunter safety done. We'll take you, and I always thought... I'm going to be the only girl. They don't want to bring me. I never really did anything about it, but I'd always been interested. And then we had a friend move back to town who had a bow and he hunts. And my husband shot his bow and was like, hey, this is kind of cool. So he went out and bought a bow. And then one day we had to run to the archery shop and he said, why don't you give it a shot? Just we're here, you know, see what you think. I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. I don't really know if I'm going to like this or not, but I'll do it. And so they set me up with a, I think it was even a kid's bow, honestly. And I was practicing at Archery World in Vancouver, and I loved it immediately. I knew right away that this was for me. And I went, like, as soon as I got home, I took my hunter safety. I was like, I am all in. I'm going for it. And my mentors, they said, well, let's let us take you rifle hunting first. Like you're brand new to a bow. Archery hunting is, you know, there's so many ups and downs as with rifle hunting, but let us just take you. And I'm like, okay, like I'll do whatever anybody is going to tell me. Like I will, I just try to soak it all in. Um, so they got me all set up and I, I just did whatever I could. I mean, they were like, get on a mountain bike. We're going to start training. I'm on a mountain bike. You know, they're, um, they harvested, and I think it was an elk and they called me and they're like, we're home now. And I jumped in my car. I went down there and I helped them cut everything up, you know, get it packed and put in the freezer. So I just try to do whatever I can to keep learning and listen to people. Um, I just watch hours of YouTube videos. Um, I've harvested my first buck my first year during rifle season. And it was the most incredible experience. It was the last day that I could hunt, you know, and I am down in the dumps. Like, this isn't going to happen. I'm so bummed out. And then out of nowhere, up he pops, and um, I took a shot and dropped him. So that was super cool. Um, and then my husband has his bow, but he doesn't really shoot it. So I continued shooting mine with all my buddies. We go to 3D shoots and just kind of mess around whenever we can and so now I've been hunting archery and rifle and my husband's really good with direction and maps and he reads onyx like it's incredible so he likes to just go along for the hiking and being outside and he's really good at spotting animals he loves to help people pack out so it's kind of the it's totally perfect mm, yeah. for everybody involved um and we 
I went out of state for my first time last year in Idaho. So we're going to go again this coming season, and this will be my third year hunting. So, yeah, a couple third years. Um, but I just, I love it. I wish I would have started when I wanted to many years ago because I just can't get enough of it. I feel like just so at home being outside and it's challenging. It's, you guys all know, it's up and it's down and it's up and it's down and the downs are down and the ups are up and it can happen so fast. But um, just the people you meet and the people you get to hang out with, it's incredible. And I just will talk to anybody that will talk about hunting just to yeah. like get what I can get, you know? Um, so it's, it's been fun. Love it. Yeah, he totally can. Yeah. And he quizzes me too. He'll be like, okay, if we're here, what direction is that? And like where, so uh-huh. he helps me get better at it by forcing me and he'll say, okay, you know, we need to head north. Which way are we going to go? I'll follow you. And so he puts me in that kind of uncomfortable spot, but it forces me to learn, which Uh you need to know where you're at. So, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that with the magazine comment. Um, So, yeah, we're just also learning by mistakes and close calls, which are good. Um, And then I had a really close call with my bow last season. And I still, it's been how many months? And I'm like, why? Wait, I should have done this. Why didn't I do this? But next time I'll know, and hopefully I'll apply all of that that I've learned. Love, love, love hearing Sarah's story because it's so crazy how we can grow up and we can have these self-doubts or like she said, like she was invited, but she's like, no, they don't really want to take me. So we limit ourselves to what we feel like that expectation should be. And once she really got around to doing it and being a part of it and getting a bow in her hand and going on these hunts, she's like, I'm freaking hooked. She wants to do more. And I love the aspect where her husband has the strength of navigation and understanding like the orienteering where he is. And he can share that with her by testing her and putting her in safe situations where he's going to challenge her to figure out where she is and how to get back and how to navigate. So it sounds like they are doing an awesome job at growing and figuring out how they can make this work together. Um, I'm Kate, and I am from Independence, and this is going to be my first year bow hunting. I couldn't last year because of an injury. Um, I did not grow up hunting like a few of you guys. Um, I grew up more like fishing, is about as outdoorsy <laughs> as our family got, um, but nobody, no one hunted, so um, I got into it from friends, and when I was married, my husband had been rifle hunting, so I've been rifle hunting a couple times, but as far as hunting goes, I'm more of like a newbie beginner at it, and um, a friend of mine convinced me to buy a bow, and I actually didn't touch it for four years. I was super, um, I guess, intimidated, I guess, by it, and then when I divorced, I was like, it's time to do things for me, and I went out to the range one day, and I It's amazing how different the archery community is compared to like the rifle community. It's so much more inviting and people are so willing to help and just um, spread knowledge and education. So 
it was really welcoming going out by myself, going from feeling super in like insecure and kind of intimidated with the sport to being completely involved. Like the moment I, the first time I ever shot a bow was like, I don't know why I ever picked up a, like I put my, I don't even think I've touched my rifle except once to like sight mm-hmm. it in this year. It's just kind of been out of sight, out of mind. And, um, you know, like meeting girls like you, it's, it's super, it's, it's awesome because I've got like a relationship with Kat now and Courtney's been super inspiring and motivational and kind of pushing forward. So I think it's been really cool. So I'm excited, super stoked for this year to be the first year and hopefully be able to harvest something while I'm out there. So that's my thing. I can't wait to follow up to hear what all of us Jumping into anything and doing it for the first time, especially in an area that's high stakes, like hunting, you know, shooting a weapon, that kind of thing can be really intimidating and really tough. And I grew up a rifle hunter, but switching to archery several years ago, it was a hard transition because you definitely have to put yourself in the the space to be vulnerable and to learn something new and to have input from other people, even when that's constructive criticism, I think sometimes it can be really hard to do. So I love Kate's story and how she, you know, like really talks about there's a bond between hunters overall for the most part, but there's also a a really common strong bond in the archery community, whether you're just a target archer, um, if you're doing like some 3D competitions, or if you are there to hunt, there is definitely a big uh, heartfelt bond that comes with that hunting territory. It can also be really hard sometimes though to get involved and to know where to start. So I love that she dove in and I love that she's hungry to learn more, to give back and to be a part of this, even though she feels like a brand new newbie. I am Whitney Whitson Russell. I grew up on the Mackenzie River area, which is not very over the mountains or over the rivers or lakes or whatever from here. Um, And I grew up in kind of a hunting family. Uh, They were more vloggers and enjoyed going out in the woods and probably having a drink or two. Um, But uh, (laughs) I am one of three girls and my older sister, she could care less about hunting and my younger sister was just too young. So I was the one to go with my dad hunting and stuff. And some of my, I could relate to Courtney on this. Uh, some of my, you know, youngest, you know, things growing up is just my dad always just taking us scouting and, oh, I'll give you a dollar for every deer you see along our drive That's anywhere awesome. or something like that. And um, so we just got really good, or I, you know, took it serious. I'm fine to get the first dollar. Um, But yeah. Um, And I remember one of the first times my, my dad, um, a snowplow went through and had hit a deer, the back end of a deer. And he's like, okay, Whitney, I was probably, oh, I was probably 10. He's like, you've got to go put this deer down and stuff. And I remember just bawling my eyes out. He's like, well, it's hurt. So you got to, you know, take it out of its misery. And I was just like, oh, I can't do this and stuff. And so he, you know, 
he just kind of explained, you know, that he, you really should do this. And I was just like, no. And he, he did, went ahead and did it. And, but then the next, um, the next outing was when he, uh, shot an elk. Him and I were up hunting and he shot an elk while it was right at dusk. And he's like, all right, you're not going to help be able to help me get this out. So he left me on the hillside with this elk. Um, I was probably 12 years, 11, 12 years old. And he left me on the hillside with this elk while he drove into town probably 30 minutes or so away to go get his brother. And uh, and I just remember, oh my gosh, I have math homework I have to do. I didn't even care that I'm, you know, here on this hillside with this dead elk wow. with a flashlight and stuff. But um, he showed up with his brother and That's they did fun. all the work or whatever. But um, then um, my parents divorced when I was about 13 years old. Um, and... Uh, a year later, I got with my boyfriend, and that's where Rachel and I had a, you know, goosebump moment earlier. Um, I started dating a guy that is related to her husband, and I dated him for 13 years. Um, but his family, which is her husband's family, um, they were cousins. Uh, they are very big into hunting and um, and fishing and stuff like that. And we did a lot of over east hunting over in the Paisley area and stuff. And so um, I really, you know, enjoyed. And then living on the Mackenzie, we would go scouting all the time. It was get off work to rush to go scouting before the sun went down or get off work to rush to get on the, you know, drift boat to get on the river to go um, fishing and stuff. And so we did that a lot. And um, and his family just, like, got me really into that. And I absolutely, you know, loved it. And then um, uh, he was killed in a car accident. And uh, I had drawn a tag for over east and uh um so he had passed um in september and uh uh the hunting tag was for two weeks later in october the beginning of october deer season and i actually went with her husband my boyfriend's dad and one of their good friends and a buck showed up on the uh, it was probably like only 30, 40 yards away, but skylined. It was like um, just one of those moments where like, oh, he's here with us. And uh, it was it was one of those moments, like it was an awe moment. But yes, I shot it and I filled my freezer for the first time, like by myself, living by myself and stuff That's like that. And at before in the past, I had shot a couple um, bucks, but uh, that was one of, you know, a memorable one. 
but after that, a year after that, I had um, moved from over here and moved to Central Oregon, and I got into a rodeo crowd and stuff, and so instead of on the weekends going hunting, I went to rodeos, <laughs> and so it got me out of it, and I lived over in Central Oregon for about 10 years, and so I wasn't around it, and um, I had at one point moved to Colorado and then moved back and um, then I met my husband and he's big into hunting and uh, we just started having conversations about how we you know knew some of the similar people or whatever and he had known my boyfriend that had passed and stuff and it was just kind of ironic but just getting back into hunting and I had gone out a few times with him it was one of those like this is what I'm supposed to do mm -hmm. like I love this and this is what I've been you know missing out on for the last 10 years and he grew up um, hunting like instead of playing sports and stuff he hunted and people made fun of him like why are you wasting your time going up in the woods and you know and all that and uh he's always kind of been he's always been an archery in archery and stuff but his dad owns gu a gun shop and so it was kind of one of those like all right you're gonna do that but he knows a lot about guns so we he is an archer for elk and he uh, rifles for for deer and whatever else but um so I got into uh, you know just rifle hunting with him the first few years that we were together and um, we've been together for seven years now but three years ago he took me uh, trailing with him when um, for while he was archery hunting for elk and that was one of the most magical moments that I've ever had you know hearing the elk bugle and stuff from far away seeing the breath you know they're you know come out and stuff and then being surrounded like feet from elk and they have no idea that you're there and I'm just like oh my gosh you know it was just it was just one of those like I don't, aha moments. I was just so like, this is so awesome. And I found um, a great big, huge, like six point elk shed. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like Christmas day. But um, I was just, it was awesome. And uh, he sadly shot at an elk that we looked for for two days and stuff um and after that just seeing the tears in his the excitement but then the tears in his eyes and stuff and i think that whole like everything of that going with him scouting and stuff um just made me like oh my goodness this is so neat like just everything about it you know like and I have a pretty good eye at 
seeing things before him. And so I would see all the elk before he would see them. And he's just like, oh, my gosh, when how did you see that? And I'm I'm. I kind of grew up having to do it. You know, I got a dollar for every you know, deer, <laughs> for every deer that I could, you know, spot first. So, you know, it was one of those. And then scouting with my boyfriend, you know, at a younger age or whatever. But he's like, wow, you're pretty good at this and stuff. And I was pretty proud of myself. And so we came home from that season and I said, I would really like to get into this and, um, some of his friends have pawn shops and stuff and he brought home a bow it was kids bow (laughs) and he's like would you like to just you know practice and see if you like it and stuff and I shot it and he had a video of me and I have the funkiest outfit on and he just (laughs) sent it to me just a couple days ago just a reminder of where I've come from um at that point but um Uh, He's like, you know, if you're going to be serious about this, he's like, we have, you have about six months till, you know, the season starts. He's like, you have to put in the work. You have to practice every day. You need to, he's like, you know, he helped me and stuff. And, um, and he's pretty good at, you know, like you were saying, your husband with your, the onyx and stuff. Uh, he, you know, puts me in situations where I'm like, this is very uncomfortable, <laughs> but, you know, he, he, you know, makes me do it and stuff. And, um, so it was one of those, like, I really worked hard and I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, I got a trainer and stuff. And at the same time I was going through some health issues, um, with having endometriosis and stuff. And so I wasn't able to train as much as I'd like to with the trainer. And, um, and so I felt bad, but I was getting in like one to two days a week with the trainer about two months before elk season. And, um, and then also, uh, when it came up, um, the week that we were going to go or 10 days that we were going to go, um, was going to be actually right two weeks before we got, we're going to be going to get married. And it was on my 42nd birthday that morning. My husband's like, I didn't get you anything for your birthday, but I'm going to call you in an elk. I was like, okay, sounds good to me. (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> um, we had gone through different scenarios throughout the hunting that hunting season with the fires and the heat and stuff like that. But uh, that morning we walked out and there was we followed bear tracks in on the trail that we'd normally go out on, and I'm just like in awe of seeing these bear tracks and stuff because they were so huge, and we kind of got out there a ways yeah um but we were exhausted and we were like well let's just you know lay down take a nap for a little while and we were just going to do a day hunt and of course every time it seems like we'd take our packs off we'd hear an elk bugle so it was kind of like turned into a joke 
and um, we're like, we'll just take our packs off, <laughs> and we'll hear, you know, an elk bugle. But um, he, uh, so we got our packs on, and we, you know, he went back, and and I had have yet to learn. I've practiced just a little bit with a reed and stuff, but I just use a hoochie mama, and, and but he's pretty good at calling and stuff. So he went back in the tree line, and and uh, we could hear elk bugling from this way, but I could see far distance elk over here, and I'm thinking, okay, which way do I go? Like, so I'm ranging everything around me, and he uh, he's he has me, and you know, in his you know vision, and from about 200 yards away. I see this five by five elk hauling ass at me. And he is, you know, ready to meet his mate. He is all muddy. He had wallered all in. Yeah, he was ready. But in the same sense, I could hear an, a deeper bugle over to my left when I could see this other elk coming at me. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, I've ranged everything around me. Do I keep an eye on this one that I can see coming from 200 yards away? Or do I, like, you know, pursue this deeper bugle over here? And I was just like, no, this one's running at me, so I'm <laughs> going to go for it. But he got within 100 yards of me and went into the trees. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, what do I do? And my husband's still back, or at the time, my fiance was still back, you know, doing doing the bugling and stuff like that. And next thing I know, I had I had gone down just a little ways further, and um, at about 35 yards, this elk bugles just right over this tree and all I could see is its muzzle just and it was the coolest sound at the same time I'm just like okay this is what this is my chance and stuff I'm like once it you know comes out of that the trees and stuff like that I've got to you know do this and it took one step a few it took about five steps out about 35 yards away from me and I drew back and I stuck him and I hit a little low and but he went about 40 yard for about 60 yards since he was about 35 and he did this like and he laid down and my husband was like yeah <laughs> and it jumped up and ran another oh, no. hundred yards, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> uh, but then he laid down, and it it Sweet. took a little bit, but we watched him, um, and then yeah. So my our the whole pack out that part was awesome, but the packing out part was like, I can do this, you know, <laughs> and I you know outstrength my husband surprisingly um to get it out but i you know it was really a mental 
chat. It was a mental thing, like, to be able to get that out of there. Um, so and that the it was exciting. Huh? So was that the deep-voiced one that you had heard? No. Oh. No. That one, yeah. No. I, I, my husband couldn't hear that one, but, yeah, I was just like, it was, there's a bigger one over there, but this one's coming at me, That's so great. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, an aha. It was, so that was on my 42nd birthday, so that was the burger you guys ate to tonight um yes thank you for sharing so yes you're so welcome yes yeah so i'm like thank you that was a great birthday Mm. so then two weeks after that we went to banff canada and got married and yeah um last year was uh, kind of i went through some more health issues and stuff like that um and then just five months ago i had a hysterectomy but my last year's uh hunt was we went but I yeah I drew back on a bull about 10 yards above me and my peephole kept turning so my husband put a this rubber um, thing on it to keep it straight well at 10 yards uh, I pulled back and it crested up over these rocks and as I pulled back, that rubber thing snapped me in the face, and that elk just turned and looked straight at me. And I've never been, like, stare on with an elk just above me. And I've never practiced that and stuff. And so I told myself, this year, I'm going to, you know, practice, you know, shooting above me and stuff like that if I ever get in that scenario, too. But, uh, yeah, but like, you know, I had a wonderful first experience, first year elk hunting. And then my last year, like you say, you replay your mistake over and over in your head. Like, should I have let it, you know, go past me and everything? But, you know, it's a lesson. And, you know, I feel like I learned from it. But throughout this, like, Courtney, you've been a huge inspiration and stuff like that, watching your your stuff, like, in that six months, my husband wanted me to, like, really, you know, put all of my, you know, eggs in the basket. You were one of those that I got to watch, and, you know, some of your stuff that you did, and so listening to your podcast and stuff like that has been inspiring for me for this year. You know, I I had just had a hysterectomy and stuff about five months ago. So getting my strength back and stuff Mm -hmm. and listening to your podcasts and listening to other women and stuff and being here, like my husband's so like excited that I'm here because he's so passionate about it. And I feel like even though I grew up in a hunting family, like I feel like I've just hit the surface of hunting. And so I want to know so much more. Mm and stuff and dig deeper and stuff and the passion is so fun and stuff so yes (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think we can all agree Whitney definitely has a powerful story, and it's very interesting to hear you know, her start with her dad and the experiences that she had. And it was, it kind of gave me pause too when she said, you know, her dad got that elk down and then he realized that she really wouldn't be able to help him pack it out at like 12 years old. So he left her there with a flashlight and went into town to, uh, to grab some help. But she didn't even realize that that was something out of the ordinary, which in most cases would be, in other cases aren't. So, you know, what we have and what we know is all relative to how we grew up and the experiences that we had. And I just think it's really cool for her to be able to share that. It was also really powerful to hear about her story after her boyfriend had passed and she harvested that buck. So very cool. I really appreciated hearing her unique aspect to this and kind of how her story over time and maybe her driving force for being out there and providing you know, this wild organic meat and, and being a part of the hunt has kind of evolved and changed over the years. So really cool story from Whitney. Next, we're going to hear from Chantel. Um, I'm Chantel. I was born and raised in a hunting family, but it was always like my dad, my papa, and my brother. So growing up, I didn't really go out much. Um, Just I had Right. <laughs> Sitting in camp with mom. But I got my first bow when I was three. It's pretty hot pink and cute. Um, and I had that for quite a while, and then I took over my brother's camo bow for a couple of years, and then I was kind of like, nah, not so interested. But my one of my dad's good buddies owned an archery shop, so we were there, like, daily. So I was never actually out of it. Um, and then I moved to California for a year after I graduated high school and hated it. I was like, I do not belong in this city. <laughs> um, moved right back, and uh, my... It was just before my 21st birthday when I was with my ex. I was like, I really want to get a bow again. He's like, well, that's dumb. And I was like, well, you're dumb. And we got a divorce. And then <laughs> I um, met my fiance, and he had a bow. And he had never, his family was never into it growing up. And he had been around buddies who had bows and stuff. And so he had been around it. And I was like, this is cool. And so for my 21st birthday, my dad got me my bow. And it, I picked it right back up and... I haven't put it back down, and I don't plan on it anytime soon. Um, but being back out there with my bow is like a totally different game because, yeah, I rifle hunted throughout high school and middle school and finally got my first buck when I was a sophomore. And then after that, I we had hunted again, me and my dad did, and nothing, nothing, nothing. And I kind of got, like, discouraged about it, and then I moved. So getting back out there with a bow in my hand is, like, totally different to me I'm like why can't I shoot this deer that's 300 yards away from me why can't I get there fast enough like and it's been so like hard for me at the same time because I am terrified in the woods and I didn't have my handgun for a long time and Royce would get 20 yards away from me and I'm like come back please so once I got my handgun I was a little more lenient to be further away from him I'm still very timid in the woods because we've had not close encounters but I'm like I can hear things around me and it is dark and I want out of here <laughs> now and he's like oh no and our first year actually hunting together we were over east with my dad and his wife and they had gone off on one ridge and we took off on the other ridge and it wasn't light yet and she's like come on we got to get up here before it gets light and I'm like but do we really? Because my dad, when I was growing up, he shot a cougar not even, probably 500 yards from the spot we were in. 
I'm like, can we like maybe wait like a little bit? And he got so mad. And we sat in the truck and then it was like light enough for I was comfortable getting out of the truck. And he was like, well, now they're gone. So we get up on top of this ridge and over east they have certain roads that are not blocked off, but they have like certain sticker colors and stuff that you aren't supposed to drive down. So we're up in this rock bluff and we're calling and calling and calling. We have this bull working down through the trees and we can just see trees crashing around. You can hear rocks falling and everything. And all of a sudden you hear this truck, like 1980 truck, like banging up this road and both of us just turn to each other and we're so mad. We come back down the ridge that we were on and it was our last day over there and we were just, anything that could have gone wrong, we were just so mad about. And of course, I was like super emotional about it because it's my first hunting trip out. I'm like crying in the truck. He's like, stop crying. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> and then we, that was like so much fun though. We spent nine days over there. It was my dad, my, she's my stepmom now and Royce and I, and we spent nine days like, and it was our first year together. So we like, we learned so much about each other in nine days, like same pair of clothes for the first five. And then we finally went to a truck stop and got a shower. So learned a lot about each other in those nine days and just ever since we've spent so much time together in the woods and any time that we can get we go where my mom lives where from our old house we could go all these back roads to get to her house so we used to do that a lot and with moving and everything and renovating our house we haven't done it as much but just the other night he's like you want to just go fishing so we just cruised up the hill and because it's a pond right up from our house now so it's pretty cool to just spend all of our time is mostly based out of the based out in the woods and just getting to be out there again is home. It's always been home, so happy to be back out there. And this year, I feel a little more confident in my, having my bow and getting more strength. And I have, I'm upping my draw weight, and I feel more confident taking an animal with my poundage I'm pulling now. So I'm excited, even though this year I don't get to bow hunt because of the nursing program. So I'm going to try and see what I can do. But if not, I'll end up rifle hunting. But either way, get to be out there and get to be hunting and spending time in the outdoors so pretty excited to see what this year brings I have a good muzzleloader tab this year so pretty excited nice. about that one <laughs> I think that there's probably several of us that can relate with some of Chantel's story especially when it comes to overcoming fears I know for me that being alone in the woods uh, when I was growing up and even when I was in my 20s and my early 30s for me, and even sometimes now still too, depending on the area I'm in, can be a little bit of an intimidation factor. So it's nice to be able to relate in that way to other women and just to kind of see how they've progressed in getting over that and becoming more comfortable with what they're doing in the outdoors. So it's really cool to see that kind of come full circle and to see how she is changing that so that she can pursue the hunt even more. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Kat, and uh, I also didn't grow up in a hunting family. Um, my dad, I think, was pretty outdoorsy, but he he was more into fishing, and probably at age like four, he started taking me mushroom hunting, so different kind of hunting, uh, but I... I guess I always had a, a passion for the outdoors and I think I remember so my mom was both my parents grew up in eastern Europe and um my mom is a total city girl and doesn't 
to this day have anything to do with the outdoors. But the one outdoorsy thing that she did was for their honeymoon, and it took her, took my dad like a whole year to train my mom. Uh, they climbed, I think, the tallest mountain in the Carpathians in, in Romania. And, uh, and so I was like, well, if my mom <laughs> can do that, I want to get into climbing mountains. And so I got into backpacking, I think, in high school. And then I, I just heard stories. I, I had a couple guy friends who who, um, who were into hunting, and so they'd share their meat with me, like their jerky and stuff. And I was always like, oh, that'd be so cool. And then as I got into college, like I just really wanted to go hunting. And um, I had some friends who went. I didn't know any females who went, but I had some guy friends, and it was always like, oh, yeah, we'll take you. And then when it actually came time to it, it was like, oh, you know, it's kind of a close-knit group. Um, or, like, we don't want to take anybody to, like, our spots. Or it's a guy's trip only. So I was feeling kind of defeated. Um, but I still, any chance I could get to, like, be be outdoorsy or do something in the outdoors, it just I just felt like I was at home. And so, like, whether it was, like, snowboarding or backpacking or just hiking, I got into rock climbing and mountaineering. Um, it, it was home, and I always had this interest, too, in, like, um, survival stuff and so it's kind of a little bit different avenue I think than most people but I was always like had this independent streak in me and I wanted I didn't want to have to depend on like other people so like knowing for me it was a skill like if something were to happen <laughs> like could I sustain myself <laughs> and so I think that kind of was, you know part of that desire to want to be able to learn how to hunt. Self-challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I didn't know, I didn't know how to do it. Or, like I said, I, I just kept asking people to take me and nobody would take me. And I just felt so frustrated. And uh, finally, I, I went into law enforcement. I learned how to shoot really well, actually. Um, got into that. And then I moved to Northeast Oregon and I got a boyfriend and he supposedly was a hunter. Uh, <laughs> well, he said he hunted. He grew up in Montana. Uh, he got recruited to the state police, I think out of the Marine Corps. Hadn't hunted in years. Didn't know anybody in Oregon. So we didn't go hunting. Uh, and this guy that I was, uh, at the sheriff's department with he he needed a place to live he went through like a breakup and asked if he could move in with us but he didn't have money for for rent and so in exchange for rent he was supposed to take us hunting well I never ended up taking my ex-boyfriend hunting he drew a bighorn sheep tag that year so instead of taking me elk hunting obviously he focused on his sheep hunt but he did take me out a couple times and I bought a bow because I, I put in for a rifle tag I didn't draw it and, and my roommate he shot a bow and so I was like, okay, well, I'll just do what you do. <laughs> and he was, he was really good at uh, calling elk. <laughs> um, he actually, he didn't compete at the time, and I, I no longer talk to him, but I heard, that, I think it was two years ago, he got the, uh, he won the world championship elk calling in the non-professional division. Now he calls for Phelps. Um, but anyway... Like, the first time we went out elk hunting, and he wasn't, like, a road hunter, but he's, like, he was showing off. He rolled down his window. He's, like, watch this. And, like, he called, and I could, you know, I was, like, five bulls. Oh, <laughs> Get out his truck window that first time. And I was, like, 
holy crap, like, you're good. <laughs> and, uh, and the only thing I wanted more than anything was to get a bigger bowl than my boyfriend had. Like, he had this rack in the basement. And I was like, I want one bigger than his. <laughs> but we only went out a couple of times that year because, like I said, he had a sheep tag. And so we, uh, the next year, I was getting my master's degree and so I was finishing my student teaching. So we ended up, we went out on one deer hunt and uh, I ended up coming pretty close to, to shooting a deer. Uh, but I made the decision not to uh, shoot it because it wouldn't really have been an ethical shot. So anyway, I moved back to western side of Oregon because I had broke up with my boyfriend and um, finished grad school and moved back. And I didn't have anybody to hunt with again. And so... Nobody wants to take that. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wanted to take me hunting. So um, so I went back to fishing with my dad, and I just spent my summers fishing. He bought a boat, and uh, we'd go salmon fishing all the time. And... It was a really bad breakup that I'd gone through. So after three years of being single, I'm like, I'm ready to start dating again. But he's got to be a hunter. <laughs> I'm like, this guy's got to be a hunter. So, a real one this time. Yeah, like a real one. Not one that says he is and doesn't actually go. I need the resume first. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Like, you've got to have, like, proven harvest. Um, no, so I... freezer. Yeah. So I get... I'm on this, like, dating site. And here's this guy and it's like a picture of him and his dog and then like the next picture is like him and like all these he's got his his wall of mounts yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep i'm like oh <laughs> and then he's he sends me a message because <laughs> he could see that i was checking out his profile and it was like hey like i really like your profile blah 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 he goes but you he goes i think i may have given you a speeding ticket <laughs> and I'm like, what's your name? <laughs> and then I check it, check this ticket that I had gotten like six weeks before. And I'm like, yep. And I go, and I'm not dating another cop. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm not anymore. Please go out with me. <laughs> I didn't know this. I was like the second person on the dating site that he actually had like a lot of compatibility with. Everybody else was like 6%. But he found one gal that was like 80 some percent. It was his ex-wife. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and then there was me and I was like 96% <laughs> and he was like just go out with me please and I was like okay so we went out and it was like the most awkward first date ever and I was like I told him the next day I was honest I'm like look I'm not digging you like but I really need a hunting partner <laughs> so Will you agree to just be my friend <laughs> and take me hunting, please? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't really feeling it either. So, uh, we, <laughs> so, so uh, we could just, I'll just take you hunting. And so hunting season was already pretty much just about starting. And so the next weekend I went over there, I brought my bow and like I'm shooting my bow. And then, but when I had showed up, he had this like crepe breakfast made with like perfectly sliced avocados on top and this glass of pineapple with like toasted coconut on the rim. Oh and I'm like, yeah, he was yeah. into me, right? And I was like, wow, <laughs> uh, you do this for all your friends. And then like, I was just like, okay, whatever. And then we went hunting like every weekend and we 
bumped a bull that first weekend and this bull is still out there. He's he's got to be just an absolute toad. But where he lives, like he can wind you from any direction. Like the wind swirls like right up to where he he hangs out. But I wanted to know like is there cuz it was 6 miles in and 6 miles out to this spot. And I was like, is there like a better way? So I dropped a pin on my phone. And I, and I had sent him this location. I'm like, all right, let's plan it. It was going to be our first overnight actual weekend. Because I was like, I'm not staying overnight with this guy in the woods. Like, because we're just friends. But then I was like, I really want to harvest this animal. So I will, I will spend the night. I don't care. <laughs> so I was like, I'm coming over Wednesday. We got to get this planned out. Have maps made for us. Okay, okay. I, I'll have the map made. And uh, I show up. There's crepes and no map. There's no crepes, but there's like a five course dinner and no map. (laughs) No map. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm getting annoyed because I am 110% about the hunt for elk. And he's 110% for the hunt, but not for the elk. (laughs) And so. Was he a good cook? I mean, yeah, he's he's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, he is. Um, really blessed in that way actually (laughs) so he uh we make the plan we're supposed to go it was like friday night after work and it was my fault i was running late and he we didn't bring any horses but his dad's girlfriend has this horse trailer and we were um we were gonna take the horse trailer little did i know he brought the horse trailer because it had one bed in it I was going to say sleeping bags in the horse trailer. Yeah, I didn't know that's the reason why. (laughs) But we bring the horse trailer, and the plan was to drop it off, and then he was supposed to have this map made, and we were going to follow it. We are going to drop the trailer and just go check out where this was, because I didn't want to be looking in the morning. I wanted to actually, like, know where we were going. So we dropped the trailer. It's, like, 1130 at night. It was supposed to be, like, a 30-minute quick trip just in and out and we get in the truck and I'm like well where's the map and he's like uh I got it I'm like where's the map and he like he's like I got it right here it's in my head (laughs) and I'm like he's in the trailer (laughs) no (laughs) he didn't make the map so he's got the pin that I'd sent him it's like pulled up on this iPad thing and I can watch it like us moving towards this it was supposed to be towards the dot but I'm like, dude, we're going towards the ocean. Like, the ocean's coming. Like, if we're not far from the ocean. Like, you're not going the right way. So, no, no, it's the right way. Like, I told you, I have the map. It's in my head. And I'm, like, super annoyed, right? Because all I wanted to do was hunt. And uh, anyway, we finally, we got a little lost. We found the place. We make it back to the horse trail at 5 in the morning. We're supposed to be up at 5.30. (laughs) This half an hour trip. (laughs) So I'm like super frustrated. And then I find out that there's one bed. (laughs) I'm like, okay. This is like even more annoying. (laughs) So I crawl into bed, turn away from him, and I feel like his hands like like caressing my side and I'm like what do you want (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm like I just want to go to bed he's like I just want to kiss (laughs) and I'm like seriously like right now (laughs) you have no idea how irritated I am (laughs) I turn around and I give him probably the most violent worst kiss he's ever had and I turn around and I try to go back to sleep or try to go to sleep 
And there he is again, Mr. Feely Hands. And I'm like, what part of do you, like, I, we are just friends. Like, do you do this with all your friends? Like, I am so confused. Like, do I have to go sleep out in the horse trailer part where the horses are supposed to go? And he's like, fine, I'll just go to bed. <laughs> and so anyways, we wake up the next morning and we execute our plan that we came up with. There was no elk. He was not in there at that time. So the next day we go, it's like the last day of this weekend, we go into this other place. Well, he was taking me to this other spot we're hiking in and he just lets out, I don't know if it was a cow call. It was probably a cow call because the end of, towards the end of season. And, uh, this like monster bull just answers and it's so loud it's like the loudest i mean i'm sure you guys have heard it but it's just it almost seems like the earth could shake like it's that loud and i just look at him and like all giddy and i'm like yeah let's get it i'm getting a kiss now (laughs) (laughs) so we go towards the sound but he had never been in this part before and it was like a sheer drop off like i mean it was like straight down and and I was supposed to be a shooter, right? Because he's supposed to be getting me this big elk. Well, he's six foot three. He's down the hill faster than I am, and and he there's kind of a a little ledge, and I'm like trying not to fall on my face. And all of a sudden, he gives me the hand signal, you know, like stop. And I'm like teetering on this hill, like trying not to fall on my face. And uh, and he has this decoy thing with him, so he tries to set it up. What had happened was. This big bull had a bunch of satellite bulls. And sometimes what we found with Roosevelt's is that they'll come in silent. So the big bull was talking. He was locating us and taking his cows is what he was doing. But he had this seven-point satellite that came in quietly. And so Colby shot it. And um, he ended up, it wasn't, I think it was a little bit far forward because he kind of was thinking it was going to keep moving and it stopped when the decoy fell over. <laughs> and so anyway, we, we, we tried finding a blood trail. We found like two drops of blood. It wasn't much at all and never ended up. We looked and looked and looked and looked, but throughout that day, there was so many like close encounters with elk. Like I was hooked. There was, I saw this five point, I had a five point bull, like, we were still talking to the big one. I had turned to see where Colby was, and, uh, like, right where you were at, there was, like, this big old growth in between us. But this bull that I had seen run off earlier was, like, laying there just, like, five points. And I remember Colby telling me, like, don't stare at him. <laughs> and so I'm like, try not to stare at it. But it's, like, right there. And he, he knew I was there, so I was not getting a shot, but I was just going to enjoy the experience of it. And I was trying to, like, motion. You know, we didn't quite have all the hand signals down, so I'm like... (laughs) Like, trying to get it. Like, there's something, but he couldn't see because there's this big old-growth tree, and Colby's over here, the elk is over here. And so Colby figured out something was, like, right around this tree, so he takes this stupid decoy, and he's like... (laughs) And leans around the other side... And the elk just is like, <laughs> like gets up and like takes off. But it, it was a super cool day, minus we ended up losing that bull. Um, 
never did ever find him. So I think he probably ended up making it. Um, but I, yeah, uh, I wasn't happy. <laughs> we, uh, I got back to the trailer. I think it was like that second day. So but the day before this, Colby had brought um, strawberries and chocolate and all this stuff wow. and I was not appreciative. You have to give him props. No, yeah. totally. I thought something was wrong with him. Well, one, I, I was confused because I thought she still didn't get it. I was certain he said that he just wanted to be friends. So I was like one really confused too. I never had a guy like be that nice to me. So I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? Like something can't be right. You know, my mom always told me like, you'll find the right guy. Like when he treats you like you know this and so here here was this guy but i was like no i've never been treated this nice you know so i was still like pushing him away and stuff and anyway uh i can't remember it was like within t six weeks two months after that and maybe two months we were already engaged <laughs> long story short um but the crazy part is is that Shortly after we had met, I mean, towards the very end of that hunting season, I started having back issues, and I used to be, like, super athletic and just work out all the time, and I went from being, like, super fit to, like, by the end of, yeah, that was, like, end of September, beginning of October, by that April, I had collapsed. I couldn't hardly walk. I, I had a, I think by June, I was pretty much bedridden, couldn't get out of bed. It was, like, super, like, humbling, like... Oh you know, like everything that I, I, that I enjoyed doing, I couldn't do anymore. And then like we eloped and, uh, and that I ended up having back surgery that August. So obviously I didn't go archery hunting. I went out for rifle in November, but it was still, or was it? I think it was November. It was really hard for me to walk. But that following year, I went to ladies hunting camp. I met like other ladies who hunted. I didn't know they existed. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I made tons of friends, learned lots of new stuff. I was all gung-ho. Took all my information that I had learned and then like applied it to what we had already been doing. And um, second day of season, I, I harvested um, a six-point Roosevelt with my bow, nice. which was really awesome. But probably the biggest thing for me was just being able to pack it out because it was you know how I told you about that really steep hill? <laughs> so that kind of became our honey hole. We did find another way down there, but it's still, it's not as steep, but it's steep. And um, it took us 14 hours to get my bull out. It was just the two of us, and I was half a cripple. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but my back didn't break. I was able to do it, and and so I've, I've just been continually trying to to try different hunting. Unfortunately, my husband just loves uh, archery elk. So I went out waterfowl hunting my first time this year. Got my first duck. Got my first turkey this spring. I really want to get a bear. And then this year, I'm pretty confident I'm going to get a deer. Um, so, yeah. That's, that's my hunting awesome. story. story guys <laughs> what kind of duck you get? Uh, it was a... One that went quack. Yes. <laughs> no, if you said the na if you named the different it's types, I would duck. tell yeah. you it's got a different name. Uh, it was. Give her some options. Yeah, give me some. Witch, no. Mallard. No. Pentail. No. Pentail. No. Uh, Sprig. Mm -mm. Gadwall. Gadwall. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
She's like, no, guys. The other one. <laughs> Way to help me. Glad out. everybody could yeah. walk you through that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Process of elimination. Like this taxidermy on the side. People's houses. I'm, really I'm trying not to. But. Yeah. Stay away from the snails. Oh. He likes ducks. Yeah. He likes ducks. I can't tell you how many times I have caught myself almost laughing out loud just re-listening to all of these stories and just the little tidbits that come in and out. But Kat's story is super unique, and I love her evolution from, you know, wanting to climb a mountain after her mom was able to do it and seeing that she, if she was capable, that Kat could do it herself. And, you know, just over time, just figuring out, like, her true passion was in hunting and being outdoors, and she worked hard to find the right kind of friends and the right kind of people to be by her side to give her that education, to mentor her through it, and to uh, really ignite her fire for being in the outdoors and for hunting. And uh, super fun to listen to her stories. And I have to tell you, her and her husband, her now husband's story, um, is pretty freaking hilarious. So we are going to jump into the next one. I hope that you are enjoying all of these little get-together stories and uh, hearing everybody's individual and unique perspectives. I'm Rachel, and I grew up over in eastern Oregon. And... I grew up in hunting family, my dad, my brother, and, you know, everyone hunted, but my mom did not, and so I was, I didn't have to go, so I didn't want to go, but um, my dad tried. Uh, Santa brought me a bow when I was 12, and one of those big old huge cougar, they were so heavy, do you remember those big old bows? Oh my goodness, but anyway, took me out, and my brother, and my brother, she was older than me, and so... He put us up on this ridge and, you know, separated us out for our stands. And then he went around and drove this bull up to us. And it ran right in front of me. And I was so excited that it was there, but didn't even think to pull back my bow or shoot or anything. <laughs> my dad gets up there and he's like, where'd it go? And I'm like, right there. It was, it was awesome, you know? And he was like, <laughs> he goes, well, why did you shoot? I was like... I didn't want to, so he still teases me today, like, I, Rachel didn't want to do it, but, um, so he kept trying, and then finally gave up, because I didn't, I wasn't into it, I love plinking, and going out in the woods, and camping, and all of that good stuff, but I just wasn't really into the hunting, and then I was at Oregon State, actually, so my third year of college, and I was just really wanting to start hunting, so I was talking to my dad a bunch about it, and so he started taking me, and uh, it's, I don't know, 16 years ago now, and I just, I love it. Like, I just kept going, and every year, and elk's definitely my favorite. Um, but uh, if there's a elk tag in my pocket, I'm not chasing deer, like, at all. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the funny story with that is the, my husband and I went, we were, we went over, over in the snake, oh, I don't know how many years ago it was, and he calls in the seven-point bull into me, and I couldn't see it because it was just over the ridge, but he could see it, and so, but I could hear it, like I could hear it walking, I could hear it breathing, so I knew it was really close, and all I had to do was crest over, and then I could draw and shoot, and but then the wind switched, and it hit me right in the back, and I was like, oh, so I never saw it, never heard anything, and he comes running down to me, he's like, you gotta see this bull, and so it this big, huge seven-point, it was awesome, and it was but it was running away with the cows. And so we hike all the way back out and get in the pickup and try to go up the road to get like a couple draws over to get 
you know, it's a long shot, but try to get lucky to cut it off. And he sees his fork and horn buck on the side of the road. And he's like, let's go chase that. And I was like, are you serious? Like, there's an elk. Like, <laughs> there's a bull elk, a seven point at that. And so it's our story. We joke around about that. So I'm always wanting to chase the elk and not really the deer. <laughs> but, yeah, so lots of close encounters. I have not killed an elk with my bow. I've killed a handful with my rifle, but I haven't killed one with my bow yet. Lots of close encounters coming in at seven yards. I just couldn't make it happen, but I love chasing them. I love, it's just it's so much fun. As Courtney knows, I tell her stories. It's just, I love going. So, um, but yeah, that's, now we're starting to take our kids out and my husband's an avid hunter. He hunts all over. He's actually, we went to Alaska a couple years ago, moose hunting. That was our quote-unquote anniversary about eight years late. But <laughs> but uh, we went and just rented a cabin up outside of Fairbanks, actually, and just explored and tried chasing moose. And, um, but yeah, went on an elk hunt in Idaho a few years ago with my brother. That was awesome. Um, that was rifle too so I go back and forth rifle and bow but I love it both um one of my the I think it was the first buck I killed with my bow my first my oldest son he was in the backpack with my husband and we were all like going out together and so we have pictures of we had to track my buck and my little he couldn't even walk yet my oldest son and he couldn't even walk yet and he's like crawling like on the ground like tracking the buck with us so it's, it's fun, and um, we have we take them, and they put meat in their packs, and they pack out with us. So, yeah, just a family. I just love it. So. Definitely a family thing. Yep. That's what got me. Yeah. So. This is without a doubt one of my favorite stories from this night, and it's so relatable to me because... One of my sons, my oldest son's very first hunts that he went on that he was really a part of, like out of the truck and involved, um, he was three years old and his dad uh, shot a really nice uh, four by five mule deer. And it was just really cool because he was there for the shot. He was there for the really small amount of tracking that we did. And of course, he got to grip and grin on one of the first pictures and he thought it was the neatest thing ever. So just him getting to be a part of that, her son getting to be a part of that. And I know that there's so many of you who want to integrate your kids into the outdoors or you are already, but it is such a balance to be able to get them out there and to make it all work right. Because as we know, there's so many things that can go against us when we're trying to pursue game, right? It's terrain, it's elements, it's the animals, it's cooperation, it's finding them to begin with. So doing that with little ones in tow can make it a lot harder. But I loved hearing Rachel's story and uh, just everything that she said made me smile. I love her story, how she got into it, and the fact that she is kind of like a crossover. She rifle hunts and she bow hunts. I can definitely get behind that. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, so I'm Chelsea. I'm originally from Arizona and live in Canby now. I've been in Oregon for just about four years. Um, grew up in a hunting family. Um, something I forgot to mention in my first tell of the story. Uh, I so my earliest memories actually of hunting 
was my dad would always take me like quail and, and dove hunting and it was you know super early in the morning we didn't have to go very far from where we lived um in the phoenix valley because dove is everywhere and it's basically dove season all year long um but i remember going and i remember being so bored out of my mind um until i finally was old enough to have my own gun and we just weren't seeing any we weren't seeing any birds and we were just rabbits everywhere and so my dad was like well there you go like here's a wash just go have target practice and so shot a couple rabbits and that kind of got the real you know the excitement but then I just I like sleep and so especially when I was especially when I was younger I'd sleep in as long as I could so I would never wanted to go hunting with my dad but when my when he'd come home he'd have his side packs so I don't know if you guys have been bird hunting but you basically wear like multi-pack family fanny packs and he had multiple pockets that were all filled with quail. Mm-hmm. And so it was my job when he came home to pop off the heads. Mm-hmm. And so at six, I'd be sitting in our front yard as people mm-hmm. are, you know, and I lived on a fairly busy street, just buckets of quail just popping off their heads. Um, <laughs> heads in one bucket, b- body in the other. And Explain that. How do, you, I mean, how, do you how do you pop it off? So basically, like, it's, so you hold, you hold the body of the quail, and then you take the, your two fingers basically like you're holding a you know baseball and you kind of put it around and go pop and just twist and oh. twist and pull okay just kind of like taking a knife out of someone's thumb <laughs> like a band-aid. <laughs> um so that was like that was my job was to was to pop the heads off and then my dad has two of his super super close buddies our families are really really tight that no matter who gets a draw the three of them always go together and so they'd always come home whoever got you know, even if all three of them got a tag, they'd always come to our house. And so I, you know, we'd always have deer during the season hanging in our garage and bleeding out. And, and I remember my dad coming home with one in the back of his truck and its tongue's just hanging out there. And my mom was real, like my mom doesn't like animals. Doesn't even like the taste of game meat, but she does it to please my dad. Um, but she was, you know, a little nervous, like, because I was the only girl, I was the oldest, and I'm just worried, like, you know, is Chelsea going to like it? What's going on? So I just sit there and, like, just stroke its tongue. <laughs> like, and that's just, it just was normal to me. And I was the weird girl in high school that grew up with a javelina um, on my wall in my bedroom. The skin with head fully taxidermy, mouth wide open. It's, like, right here at my face. That's how I woke up every morning. <laughs> It was just, it was just normal to me. And then in high school, um, like we stopped, we stopped really going camping as a family. Just life got busy, you know, sports and whatnot. Tore my ACL, so I kind of had to stop doing everything. And then I kind of just fell out of being out in nature. Um, but I just have always loved the thought of hunting and, and wanting to go. And um, you know, my dad, and my brothers all hunt and so we were all we always had game meat and then when I met my husband he grew up in a very granola family uh, where like my mother-in-law found out that I shot a quail and cried because they were her favorite birds and so hunting is like a very taboo topic (laughs) with my with my in-laws um but my my husband was just really fascinated he had never shot guns, never done anything like that. And when we had moved back to Arizona, we were here when we were first married, uh, he started going out with my dad and my brothers and 
secretly, right? Didn't tell <laughs> yeah. <you>. Never told. <laughs> never told his parents. Um, they know now. They graciously let us move in with our guns, which was a big deal. Like lock and key in a separate room. That was locked and key. Like it was. It was a big deal. Um, but yeah, he went out with my with my dad and my brothers. He never harvested an animal. I never got to go. It was just more like let the boys do their thing, and then and then all the girls stayed home with the kids. Um, but yeah, so then we moved up here, and we didn't have my family to go hunting. And but you know, my husband is still wanting to get into it. He's gone he's gone elk hunting a couple times up here, and just because we have a little bit of family up here, but they're obviously not the most supportive. So. I never got to go with him. And then in February of this year, I decided to kind of pull the trigger, if you will, on buying a bow, something I've always kind of had an interest in. My dad, um, you know, has a, had a bow, has, like, records at Boy Scout camp. Like, he was one of the leaders. Every year they'd go, like, he would just stay at the archery range. And everyone, it was, like, everyone's goal to beat my dad. No one could. Um, so I've, I've always had an interest in it because it's been in my family and so in February, I decided to to buy a bow, and same thing, like, you know, when you guys have shoot your first bow, you're like, yep, that's, that's it, that's where, that's where that excitement is, like, just that first time you let go of that string, um, and the arrow hits that target, you're like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I want, this is what I want to do. So I've, I mean, obviously, that was just a couple months ago, so I haven't had a chance to go um, shoot, you know, hunt with my bow yet, but I have tried to do as many things as I can, like watch a ton of YouTube videos and, and re listen to podcasts and read articles online and follow a ton of people on Instagram. And, um, like being here is incredibly intimidating, but it's nice to hear like that it's not like I'm not abnormal <laughs> for not having the experiences and um but it's been like this this weekend alone has kind of solidified that this is really this is really what I want to be doing and it's it's amazing to see and even just to hear how many of us come from like different just walks of life and how it's kind of all brought everyone to the same place mm-hmm. and so it's just been just really kind of like I said, solidifying to me that this is really, this is, this is what I want to do. And there's, there's a pride in it. And it's, it's, it's a pride of that, the challenge. It's the, it's not just the kill. It's the pride of, of doing hard things, of being able to get out there and, and do it. And I, I am anxiously awaiting for the season to start so I can get out there um, and hopefully be the first one in my family to kill something with our bow. So we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's my story. We're going to get out yeah. of here. You guys, it was such sure. a pleasure to meet all of you. Yeah. I love it. This is incredible. And our players and thoughts for, go get them this year. Yeah. It's so exciting. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. It was wonderful meeting you guys. Thanks for the delicious food. Yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. Thank you for raising a wonderful daughter to bring us all together like this. Yeah. Yeah. I can't what if believe how much girls talk at a campfire. <laughs> <laughs> The dynamic at this campfire that night at Ladies Weekend was, 
you know, it's hard to listen now and to really think about everything, all of the emotions and what people took away from it. But it was a really powerful weekend. And I think one of the things that become most evident after this weekend was how united we all felt as women in the outdoors. And as you heard from some of these stories, sometimes it's hard to understand uh, especially as, you know, somebody that's going through a new experience or, you know, as somebody who doesn't have a long time history in the hunting world or doing any of these things, it can be hard to know and to really, to really know that other women and other people have had this same journey or a journey that is very similar to yours. And I know for sure every single woman left that weekend feeling uh, an empowerment and a connection and uh, a common bond together. So regardless of what you're doing or what area you want to pursue, I recommend that you get around people who light that fire and who keep it burning hot inside of you. It feels so good to have that companionship and to have that common area and that common ground with other people. Thank you so much for tuning in for this Ladies Weekend podcast. I know that there was a little bit of extra noise and I loved having the element of my folks sitting around the campfire with me. What you didn't hear when this podcast first started was I was actually sitting around and we were all gathered there together and my parents came down, my mom ran, ran down some food and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm like listening to these little chit chats and these stories and women talking and I'm like you know, ladies, I have to take a second to sit here. And it made me a little bit emotional. And I said, to just say, if it weren't for the man sitting next to me and his encouragement, his support, his mentorship, and his leadership for me in the outdoors, I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't have these platforms or this voice to talk about these things because I never would have had these experiences growing up if it weren't for my dad. So it was really neat to sit there and, and uh, you know, listen to all of these women talk and have my folks there sitting next to us. So it was a very um, come full circle moment for me, and I hope that you guys enjoyed getting to listen to it. I'll see you next week on another episode of the Her Inspired Journey podcast. Okay, hold the phone. Real fast before we cut out of today's episode, I want to let you know we have one more ladies event planned for this year, and it is Ladies Weekend coming to Fall Creek, Oregon on August 3rd and 4th. If you're interested in getting more information, you can click on the link in my show notes, or you can head over to my Instagram at Her Outdoor Journey. And you can see the link in my bio there as well. We're going to be covering DIY food, dehydration, meal prep, and planning for upcoming hunts or for backpacking trips. And we have the ever so talented Gina Shively coming in from Alaska to do a hands-on workshop during this. We're also going to talk about archery, perfecting your shot process, increasing your draw weight, um, shooting consistency, stability, and we're going to do a really awesome segment on archery fitness. So getting your body specifically ready for your upcoming archery hunts. This isn't specific to archery. So if you're a rifle hunter, many of these things will cross over and line up for you. And then on Sunday, we are doing a group hike at the uh, ever famous Mount Pisgah here in the Eugene, Oregon area. 
Again, for more information, click the link in the show notes or head over to my Instagram at Her Outdoor Journey and you can click the link Ladies Weekend. Hope to see you there and make memories that will last a lifetime. Well, ladies, that does it for this show for today. I hope that you found some inspiration, some good advice, and definitely some encouragement to take with you on the rest of your week. I'm already looking forward to coming back next week and giving you some more insight, some inspiration, and some tips on how to navigate your best life. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Your feedback is so important to me. I would love to know the questions that you have, any topics or ideas, and your feedback. You are so valuable to me, and I really appreciate you taking the time to leave the review and subscribe to the show. See you next week on Her Inspired Journey.